0: Welcome to Femboldened. A podcast where inspiration meets aligned action, where science meets spirit, and where you've landed to enliven the bulb within you. I'm your host, Angelica Pascone, multidimensional healer and empowerment coach, specializing in helping heart-centered, high achievers like you to shatter their personal and professional self-built glass ceilings. Get ready to awaken to your truest potential as we dive deep into the emboldened stories, wisdom, and wisdom and medicine of our fellow impact-driven visionaries to energize you into living your bold. The only question is, are you ready? Let's get started.
1: Fem-Bolden.
0: Welcome Boldeners to today's episode. I'm sitting down with Jules. Jules and I met six minutes ago and we've hit it off. So I know this episode, and I know I say this every episode, but I know this episode is gonna be great and it's gonna hit home. After enduring an abusive childhood, Jules decided to use her earlier trauma to enter recovery from alcoholism, transfer her body as a professional bodybuilder, and write a book all about her story to help others. Her book, The Making of a Woman, is an empowering tale of endurance, survival, and the discovery of an authentic existence, I just got chills. Jules, welcome to today's episode. (laughs) Welcome to Femboldened. I always like to ask my guests, how are you today? Who are you today? And what's going on in your world today?
1: First off, I'm fabulous, right? I'm fabulous. It's a quiet morning at my house. Um, And who, you know, I think I'm at a spot in my life. I'm the woman who I wanted to be all along. Mm. Um, and that's really the last question I heard you ask me. <laughs> oh, that's going right. on yeah, I love Cause I that's love your really, I mean, I think that's a <laughs> fabulous question.
0: Yeah. I'd love to know, I guess like what's going on in your world today. And I, I, I love asking that because it means something different to so many people.
1: Yeah. I had my 16 year old stepson move in with us in the beginning of summer ah. and I don't even have biological children of my own. Mm. So that's that in a nutshell confusion, inspirations, <laughs> um, a, a lot of ups and downs, reset buttons, mm-hmm. confusion, a lot of confusion. So yeah, a learning gosh. curve.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Um, it, it, it reminded me, my son is 22 months old or will be tomorrow. And he's a big fan of Daniel tiger. It's a mm-hmm. spin-off of Roger, uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood. And they sing, um, it's, they sing a song all about how it's okay to have more than one feeling at the same time. And I think, how true is that? And that's something that I don't think I realized until he was born, because there was an event that happened during his birth that I specifically didn't want, but okay. it continued to happen. But I also, I was, I was hurt by it, right? I was frustrated. I was mad. But also I couldn't be mad about his birth because it was beautiful and I was so grateful for it. So that was the first time I was experiencing and was told myself and learned that it was okay to have two feelings at once. And it sounds like you're having more than two feelings happening at the same time and how relatable too.
1: Yeah. I think because it's always been just one, you're just supposed to do one. And if you did more, especially as a woman, that means I would, I was, I needed to settle down like, Mm -hmm. right. I'm having too many emotions. I've always I've always tried to fit into that box of, you know, just, just maintain, yeah. just keep your composure. Ooh.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. I relate to that so much. My husband and I are doing Tantra couples coaching right now um, with a, with a dear friend of mine. And it's, it's interesting seeing how much I've been in my masculine and I've learned to do it. And I can hear my old self saying, well, you're not attractive unless you get ready in a certain amount of time you're not attractive. If you order off the menu, something that's more than $20 or something, you're not attractive. If you text and ask where they are, you know what I mean? Like I'm thinking I totally shut down everything feminine. Right. And, And that's something that, you know, he's desiring I'm desiring because really that's not who I am when it comes down to it, but it's something I learned over time. Right. All my guy friends, you're so easy. Why can't my girlfriend be this easy? And I, was like, <laughs> and I took pride in that. And now I'm thinking, well, it would be nice to take a bubble bath.
1: <laughs> <laughs> It'd be nice to th- be pampered. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. Absolutely. To, to, and really, the permission comes from yourself. It's not from anybody else. Yeah. I and mean, I did it to myself because of things I picked up, and I wanted to be quote unquote easygoing and, and yeah. um, tolerated. And yeah. So yeah, I There's hear a you. A lot of I hear protection you. in there too. Yes, exactly. Right.
1: I totally understand. I had that shift where I had to have that moment of like the feminine is not weak. Oh yeah. You know, and just really like because that's a side of our beings, our energetic beings that we have very little exposure to. Yes. We we don't, I mean, most people talk, you know, cerebral. You know, how did it feel? What happened here? What? Give me the logistics, la, la, la. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, what side of the scale were you functioning out of the masculine or the feminine? Yeah. People sometimes don't even realize that that does not have anything to do with your gender. Right. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a very much an untapped area. So Mm -hmm. I have chills um, hearing you say that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It certainly is. It is, it is exciting and and giving myself permission. And you know, what's interesting too? being, I had this discussion with my coach this week, actually. And I was like, you know what? I don't know if I'm just um, getting harsh or cold or whatever, but I'm being more direct with people. I don't really I mean I care about them, their feelings or right? I care about mm-hmm. them, but I'm I'm not tiptoeing on eggshells around them to and she goes, "I don't think that's you being harsh. I think that's you having boundaries." And I was like, "Oh. <laughs> okay." <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow. That's what those things are I'm like.
0: Okay. Well, and I knew, you know, I knew I set up certain boundaries before I tell I've trained my friends to ask me, you know, if, if I have space before they vent to me or, you know, things like, like I've trained everybody around me to do those things, but I I didn't realize that being direct could be a boundary too. And I was like, Oh, and she's like, you are still kind. You can be kind and you can be direct. And I was like, wow. And I think that's,
1: also honoring the feminine within me too. Exactly. You know, right? oddly enough, just yesterday, I was having breakfast with one of my friends and we were talking about this and, and she was struggling with kind of what, you know, these boundaries and how, you know, being on the fence. And and I said, you know, what I've been able to do is like, as you say, like shift into this feminine because I can never predict what out there is going to do, right? Like, right. and so it was like just investing in recognizing the feminine within me, and mm. so it started with, like you said, bubble baths. You know, um, the feminine loves things that feel good. We uh, we love texture and scents, and yes. and I just really started to tap into that. Wearing a scented perfume that I that I liked, or mm. you know, little things like frilly little underwear, or things that made me just tap into that, and then I realized that. I don't have to be screaming boundaries, 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 because the feminine within me is so alive and robust mm-hmm. that it, 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 she does it by herself almost. If that, nice. you know what I mean? So it's like, I, I stopped in, I stopped giving the focus to the wrong side. Yeah. And I put the focus within, you know, within mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. I'd never, I'd never, again, we don't talk about the feminine, no. I didn't even know that was an option. <laughs> <Right>. I, know, <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah.
0: Uh, awesome. And, and I, I mean, at the same in the same token, you hear more and more we're talking about self care and it's important to take care of yourself. And everybody's like, sitting, I know this is me, sitting in a bubble bath. And it's like, now what? Because you're still in your masculine, tr- yeah.
1: resisting the feminine. Right? <laughs> now
0: what? You I got to do something else. Get used to do.
1: I got 3 more minutes. I told him I'd be 10 minutes yes. in here.
0: <laughs> yes. Let me let me come up with a to-do list in my head of what I can do when I get out of the bathtub.
1: Right. <laughs> exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Oh, okay.
0: I love wherever these conversations go. Totally. You never know. You never know. Okay. So, you had shared that tapping into your feminine was something that is fairly newish, newish, I'll say. What, who, I should say more who, who was the jewels 10 years ago? And I guess, I know this is a big question. Take up all the time you need. Okay. What was the journey like to the jewels today? What were the bold decisions that had to happen in order for you to be the woman that you've always aspired to be, as you shared earlier?
1: You know, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, even twenty Perfect. years ago, um, as we just explained, the masculine—I lived in the masculine for survival. Mm-hmm. Now I may have had all of the genetic female parts and looked female, and but the feminine was not present. Um, my masculine was my protector, my warrior, my provider. And I lived a very, um, very much a solo, you know, solo journey. You know, I, I come from a, come back from the Midwest. I mean, and we talked about that a little bit earlier, um, but the Midwest in the seventies had very little resources. Mm-hmm. And so my mom at that time I mean, I think she made minimum wage and just did the standard we're going to exist type of lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And um, alcoholism was very, very prominent in the Midwest at this time. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's I would think I was six. And uh, my mom my dad came home one evening and was going to do a family suicide mm. because he was that was the best decision he could make <sighs> in the throes of alcoholism. Oh and God. so that is where I learned how to run. I was six years old and I ran from the, my daddy. I just adored. I was a daddy's girl. And then that's really where the masculine, because she, that side of me, my mom, I mean, it just had to be present, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so you know, in in and also the the decision making, um, you know, it's like if you if you think, you know, you you've got a, a traumatized girl who's, you know, growing up, of course, in trauma in traumatizing environments. Right. My mom remarried, you know, there's sexual abuse, there's verbal abuse. There's just, just the whole pot, right. It's like the peas, the carrots and everything else in this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you're stirring this sucker and it's just boiling. It's just boiling. And so now what you've taken is this, I see looking back is like this beautiful, sweet, soft little individual. And you've put her in this boiling pot of toxicity and she just creates these layers of armor Mm -hmm. so she doesn't die. And Mm -hmm. for me, that was the masculine. It was the words I would say. I would, you know, cover my heart. You could not get into me. I have no emotions, Mm -hmm. you know, and I I was a tomboy on top of it. So physically, I could actually protect myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I actually dropped out of school when I was in ninth grade. Oh my gosh. The boiling pot, that's the rage. That's the, you know, all of that crap boiling up that I had no control over. So I took the tools that I saw in my past, drugs, alcohol, fill in whatever blank that may be, to just keep that down. And then that became kind of my Band-Aid like i could function as long as i kept all that stuff inside mm-hmm. and so that went on for like 19 years wow. 19 years and all i desperately wanted to do I, because you know it in in environments where everything has some sort of control on you mm-hmm. the only thing you want is your own control right? I want my own space. I just want everybody to leave me the F alone, just go away, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so as I would, you know, and, and I'm not healthy, I'm mentally not healthy. I'm drinking, I've got all this trauma. And so I'm moving like relationship to relationship in my adulthood. And, and all I am desperately wanting to do is just get my feet underneath me long enough to put a roof over my head, like mm-hmm. food in my mouth, a car and a job. So I I have seven transcripts, girl. I was not gonna stop. I every relationship that ended, it was almost like rinse and repeat. I went right back into the next one. You know, sex was my currency. Mm-hmm. Um, It's what I was good at, mm-hmm. and that's what drew me to that that kind of person, that that level of people that I was, you know, that I was with, and so. Um, it, it's so much survival, so much. And I think the beauty of the beauty of being able to look back at that now with empathy and an open heart, that's my feminine, like source for me is very much, you know, in the beginning when I first kind of, you know, I, 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 I got sober. And so right in the beginning, my source was this beautiful, feminine woman? Mm. Because she was all love, and so she kind of just melted that ice around my heart, right? Like things like the the hugs I would get from other people in recovery. That's what Source knew that I was capable of, mm. because I pushed. fi don't. I don't want anybody. I can't trust anybody. You know. So. It was to see who I was then and then to shift now. I I say that, you know, I have two lives. Mm -hmm. I've literally been able to live two lives. And I think my, my two factors that have allowed me to do this is the ability to be rigorously honest. And I say that more so than just it's one thing for, you know, you and I to sit down and we're having coffee and I'll be like, girl, you're not gonna believe what I did three weeks ago. La, 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 mm-hmm. But for me to sit down and say, last night I went and I, and I crossed one of my boundaries and I feel like shit. Like mm-hmm. that kind of rigorous honesty. I hurt that person because I, you know, messed up. That kind of honesty. To be able to be that vulnerable, like chills going up and down my legs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) And the other part may be, you know, a part of this, but it's the courage, the courage to be vulnerable, the courage to take that plunge, take the plunge. And and this was 15 years ago that I got sober. Mm. I took a plunge Mm -hmm. just last weekend over something as small as going to a gym that I was scared to go to by myself Mm. (laughs) it 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 doesn't it just you don't have the happy ending you get to live a life you you know what I mean it's like Mm. there's so much you live a life with open heart and you get to see the amazing people in your life that before when I was in that masculine I mean we and the masculine has that like laser focus, right? It's the beauty. It's the beauty of it. But we miss so much. So um, to answer all those questions in a lot of different angles, you know, it's it's given me this ability to find a group of people who 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 talk like I do and can be vulnerable with me. Like if I open my heart, she opens her heart right back up. Right. Mm-hmm. For the good of the soul. Right. And then and then to be able to have those ups and downs. And 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 really being just okay and realizing that is part of it. Mm.
0: <laughs> that was beautiful. Ah. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Yeah. I want to congratulate you on 15 years of sobriety. That's amazing. Thank you, and I also want to give a huge virtual hug to Little Jules. Uh, right I to endure question. so much <laughs> and really mature very quickly, yeah. and and in a way, almost experience a death herself, a soulful death herself, in order for Jules, the real Jules, to be born. So yeah. it was interesting as you were sharing all this, I. I you know, I, I recall you saying, well, I, I don't have any biological children of my own, but I heard that you birthed yourself. Yeah. So actually you're a mother in multiple ways as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I just thought that was that was really beautiful. And oh my goodness, I'm wrapping a big hug around grown up mm-hmm. you and little you and <sighs> thank uh, thank to you. endure thank all you. of that and and to see beauty again in the world is is something I wish everybody can, right? This yeah. I'm currently in a psychiatric position as a PA. Um, and and I think that's part of where my bound my new boundaries have come up because oh, there's yeah. only as a as an empathetic individual, as an intuitive, there's only so Ooh. much I can take in a day. Yes. And I'm not kidding you. Every week there's gotta be one tragedy that should be on national news that I hear from my patients. Um, And it's not, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend. I'm going through a divorce as tragic as those are, those are conversations I can manage. Those are Mm. conversations that, but things like my son was murdered last week or those like what, you know, there's nothing you can say to Mm. that, you know? So um, I'm sharing all of this because I, it is my hope and my prayer that those individuals experience beauty in life again, as you, as you have. So yeah. thank you for showing all of those individuals out there that that's possible.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. More than possible. It's, it's attainable. And it was never done the direction that there are two, there's two existence, right? We have the existence of the world around us, and then we have the existence of the world within us. Mm-hmm and so i think one of one of the things that isolation that once played a part against me then played a part in favor for me mm-hmm. so when i was getting sober when this life changing event took place i didn't trust anybody so i continued with the same behavior and when so when i turned inward that's when my journaling started This is when I started listening to Deepak Chopra and his (laughs) 21 day meditation challenges, you know, because it was just me. I did not get distracted. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know I was alcoholic. I didn't even know what the problem was. Mm -hmm. I was just tired of being tired. Mm -hmm. And so pushing people away and, and just, you know, of course I've, I've done some of the other modalities that, that are very, very, very important, you know, um, but uh, so much had to do with, like I was saying that, that, that vulnerability to be able to put pen to paper and just be honest, Mm -hmm. you know Um, that's what my truth is. And for me, I believe that, you know, uh, everything that I experienced in the first portion was seen as a negative. We'll say, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. in the beginning of the book, it says, you know pe- that people would use words semantics of like you're a slut you're a burnout you're good for nothing you're a whore you know you are never right all of those words and and you tell somebody a word long enough it becomes truth mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. like sky or refrigerator or you know right. and so what has happened is is through this transformation of like cleaning up all of my mess and getting to the core of who i am has allowed to for all of the things that were once negative to now be seen as a positive. So to use the word slut means that today as a woman, I'm sexually liberated. Mm. And I have the voice to tell you what and what I do not want. Mm. You call me a dropout. Today, that means I am extremely self-educated. Mm. I can find my own. You know, so it's it's the things that once were you know terribles mm-hmm. are now becoming my gems. Mm-hmm. Sexual abuse, I know that I can see in the eyes of another girl, I can see it mm-hmm. if it's present. Right mm-hmm. before that would have been seen as not such a great thing, you know. But mm-hmm. so I, I, that's the way I've also looked at things. For me, God has a purpose. My source has a purpose. And I've also learned to not judge it. Yeah. That's such a, <laughs> such a vague comment, but mm-hmm. what I had to do is I had to learn that whatever event we'll just say event, it's not good. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It just is. Mm-hmm. So if I apply that to bicycle, I'm going to learn how to ride a bicycle and I'm going to fall and I'm going to scrape my knees up and I'm going to bleed. Mm-hmm. It's not good. It's not bad. It just is. Because we know if, if mom goes, oh my God, I'm so sorry. They're yeah. never going to ride again. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's mm-hmm. part of the journey. Mm-hmm. So then if I take this through and stay in that mindset, I don't know what source needed for me. So I don't know if, if the sexual abuse, mm. I don't know if that was good or bad. I just know it was. Yeah that takes ownership away from it as well, which means I don't have to proclaim it, mm-hmm. which then it allows it to morph into perhaps the gift mm-hmm. of the result of it. Now in my life, mm-hmm. it's a lot to chew on. It's mm-hmm. taken me many years to be able to get through a lot of the anger. And a lot of this wasn't fairs and, you know, yes. absolutely.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But now when I get to see the, the impact I do get to make because of those things, I have that, ah, oh, this makes sense now. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We had a, a similar conversation last episode yeah. in regards to moving from victim of life, you know, life happens to you. This, yeah. this is just, why do I keep it? Why, why, did, why does this happen to me really? And inviting that sense of surrender that, non-judgment of events, as you were sharing, allows you to then be the observer mm. and say, okay. And this is something that I've mentioned before in other episodes. This is something my husband and I practice whenever there's a disagreement, you're like, oh. okay, this isn't you, this isn't me. There's this thing in between us. And yeah. then that takes the emotional charge out yeah, of it. And we're, we're a team instead of You, well, you did that and you did this. And and trust me, we're not perfect at it. We're still learning, especially when there's a new, you know, a new (laughs) subject that we haven't tackled and it's (laughs) awkward and it's, but, you know, we're able to be the observer. And then because it's outside of us, outside of me, outside of us, whatever the situation is, then you're able to, I don't want to say manipulate it, but you're able to take control of it more Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: decide what to do with this well, we could continue to argue. I could, I do have a choice if I want to sit in in sorrow and continue to say, what was me? That's fine. There's no judgment on that. You know, especially with tragedies, stay in it for, feel it through. Don't take the seat of the observer right away. It's meant to be felt, complain, cry, grieve, kick, scream, break something. And when Mm -hmm. you're ready, moving to the seat of the observer allows you to move into the seat of the creator. Yeah. Yeah. So we, we that was good a stuff
1: of, of last totally good. Food, stuff. And that's
0: exactly what you shared too. And it brings yeah. so much more freedom because then you can, you can see, I mean, nature's not without tragedy either, not without trauma and it, no. it time and time again. And, and it's not like, uh, okay. That hurricane, that was bad. That was bad. That was horrible. Oh, I hope that doesn't happen again. Is it going to happen again? No, it just, grows again oh there was another hurricane okay. tomorrow the sun will come up yeah. right and it just regrows you see trees coming nature always wins and we're we're it's nature resilient. we're source
1: yeah
0: we always come yeah back.
1: yes funny. very well said yes
0: yeah yeah so i guess in the very um uh potent part of the show has been the shifts that occur within my guests are, are never um, one event moments. It's not an ah one aha moment was the telltale thing that sent me to change my life forever. It's usually a culmination of events, a little whispers from the universe or yeah. a giant kick in the
1: ass from the true. universe,
0: right? <laughs> uh, or both, right? Usually it's a culmination and then a good, good swift kick in the ass. Um, <laughs> what was that experience like for you to go from... Tired of being tired, drinking to the point where maybe you didn't even realize there was a problem, being disconnected from yourself, disconnected from the world in survival mode to being brave enough to say, there's something I can change here. What what, what was that like from that A to the B? What, what was in between?
1: I wish it was as easy as what you just said. Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think... And from my understanding of the disease of alcoholism, it's you become very delusional. And so the realities of others are not the reality that I have. Right. And, and if you think even from like a childhood trauma, like that kind of background, I'm going to see I'm going to see, you know, a, a, an adult or a male adult differently than somebody who else. Right. So that delusion or whatnot, that perception is going to be different. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was led by my heart. Mm. And I think because of the detachment I had growing up with my parents, it's something I desperately, desperately was looking for. Mm. And so it happened to be one particular day where I just mentioned nonchalantly, I wish I didn't drink so much. Mm. And the two people in the front seat were both in recovery. So within just a, got a 30 minute window, I was sitting in the seats of, or in, in the chairs of recovery. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in this room and it's gross and there's smokers over here and you can smell the burning coffee pot and all the people and those hard, cold metal chairs. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't know what this is, mm-hmm. but there was just a little bit of sense of love and connection with the two girls that brought me in hmm. i cried the whole hour hmm. i don't know why i mean i think it was like an eight year window that i had cried so whatever like whatever was in that room yeah. was just a sliver of enough to make that happen and then and then it was this and again it's like i didn't even know i didn't even know I didn't even, ugh, I just thought I was a black sheep with a family. I thought I was the F up, right? I was the one, I was the failure. I was the, you know, so I never thought of it as like, oh, I'm coming home to my people. None of that crap happened. It was more like, oh my God, where am I? And, you know, <laughs> what's happening? Why am I losing it? Um, and then what happened is, you know, then those people then said, this is the, where you'll go tomorrow for another meeting that's closer to your home. And so, you know, I just did that next thing. And and what happened in those first three months? Because if you take the Band-Aid away, alcohol or whatever substance, you take that away, everything is now you are like naked raw in the world around you. Mm-hmm. People look at you. People would look at me and I would be like, what the hell are you looking at? Like, yeah. I was raging I was I mean I was just out of control I mean it's I I took everything personally because I was in total defense and so that you know I went to this next new meeting you know um, and it got to the point those first three months where it was the women they would give me a hug Mm. and say Jules we'll see you tomorrow I couldn't have told you the last time I had ever been asked to come back somewhere. <sighs> my mom kicked me out, my family, kicked, the bars kicked me out, everybody, my, my boyfriend, girlfriend, they kicked, everybody kicked me out, right? Because I was I was so sick. And so to have these complete strangers like love me when I didn't even love myself, right? Because I'm hating this woman I am this is not who I am. Totally not who I am, you know? um, And, and then, you know, when I'd come in and, you know, Jules come up here and sit up here, sit up front with me. Oh my Mm -hmm. God, are you you kidding me? And then they gave me a little job. They gave me like a a coffee job. I had to clean up the coffee pots and, (laughs) and wipe out ashtrays. Girl, I was there every, every meeting half hour before I had purpose. Yeah. It's a series of those little things. Mm-hmm. You know, there is at one point in time, again, this I'm, this is not pretty. My first year and a half of sobriety was not pretty. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I'm sitting at this as a group. I got about 40 people in this room and and this gentleman he shared. And I just thought, oh, my God, he's so phenomenal. He's got, you know, oodles of years and I'm just idolizing him. And mm-hmm. then they called on me and that guy got up and he was walking away. And I blurted out, I said, what? Don't you want to hear what I have to say? That kind of raw. The man was probably going to use the restroom. I mean, like I I was a very wounded, wounded woman. Yeah. So, you know, and then to sit in that of what I've just done, and these are the people who love me, yet Mm -hmm. I still pipe up like, like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Right? This whole like just, but over time, then I would be able to, I would read a piece of literature or when somebody new came in the door, I'd be like, girl, I only got three weeks. Come over here. Sit with me. Right. And you pay it forward. Mm-hmm. And what happens is within these walls of mismatches, mm-hmm. Motley that the drunks of all drunks, source is here. Yeah. And there is so much power in there of us just being raw and authentic. And I was told I'd have to wear different clothing. I dressed too promiscuously. I had to tell, I was told I have to clean up my mouth. We don't allow people to use profanity here. (laughs) Wow, who do you think you are? You know? So there was a lot of that give and take, give and take. And it was, it was a process. But then I was able to start giving back. And as you know, when you give the gift, it's not the receiver who's giving, who's getting the gift, right? It's the giver. And so now I know in any situation that I'm really uneasy about, how can I help? That's the words that come into my mind. My husband actually taught me that as I was having a meltdown one day. (laughs) And he walks in and he looks at all this mess and goes, how can I help? Mm. It diffuses anger like that. Yes. Mm. So, yeah. And it still happens today. Mm. I still, I mean, this, this is not, I don't think it's ever, I don't want it to ever end, actually, because I get to enjoy the growth of growing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get to enjoy the aha moments when we reflect back and go, shit, girl, remember when? <laughs> remember when you had jet black hair? You know, like, I love it. Mm -hmm. And and now I I don't have to bring, you know, a machine gun to a pencil fight anymore. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Life's become Mm right-sized.
0: That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you for sharing all of that again. Yeah. Um, That's amazing. That's amazing. I, as, as you were sharing, I I had this vision of the six-year-old you Mm -hmm. sitting in that first meeting and you gave a perfect description. I felt that I was there. Mm -hmm. And feeling the love and structure that you should have felt growing up yeah. and not trusting it mm-hmm. because it was unfamiliar and it was risky and it quite likely felt like life or death. Yeah. And so I'm curious if this resonates with you, but this this I guess this vision I have is of course you were going to be raw because the little you needed to, to test, if you could trust this new family of yours that you were experiencing, if you could trust this love. And I think that's, that's still going to come up for you because that little you still exists inside and, and needs to, to know she is safe in different situations. And even though you're, you've taken on the grown up role and you said, listen, little, little me, I got this. <laughs> we're in control together. You can relax, you can have fun she's still yeah. likely to come up. I mean we, we all experience our little ones just coming up yeah. and it's usually when we're feeling the most emotionally charged and they're they're like oh i got this i can figure this out don't worry i got this. <laughs> but um again to, to i mean i always like to to again highlight yes you did this vulnerable thing and and i can't help but but think you were guided by source by piping up in that car and saying I think I'm drinking too much. That just felt so divinely orchestrated. Yeah. But to also, again, give. Credit and praise to the little girl inside of you that finally felt that love she deserved early on in life Mm -hmm. and learned to trust it. Rather than self-sabotage. That's
1: that's just amazing. Yeah. And now today, even making decisions and. It's like, I have to trust myself. Yeah, That was something too, like trusting others. You know, imagine when I got together with my husband. I mean, now I got to trust you. Like <laughs> I have been single for 10 years of my life and now you want to cohabitate and trust you to do that. Oh my, oh my, oh my gosh. It was a, a huge upheaval, you know, but then to like make decisions that I was kind of on the fence about and stick with them. Yeah. Right. So I can build the trust for myself within myself, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, like I was saying about that rigorous honesty of being able to like, oh my God, I crossed this boundary. Well, then that's also breaching the trust within myself. Correct. I never noticed. I never, I never knew that. Right. Mm -hmm. Because I was always in that survival mode. I just had to do what the situation called. It didn't matter how I felt. I had to do what was, what was going on outside of me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So many layers to us. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah. And then, so you know, we're, we're in a, in a position in our lives where, where we can look back and say, look how far I've come. But again, in 10 or 15 years, we're going to be doing the same thing. Totally. Right. It's, it's where we're waking up
1: different people every single day Yeah. and holy moly, what a gift. And do you have times where you've been like working on, working on, working on something, working on, and then all of a sudden it's like an event happens or whatever. And you're like, I don't even struggle with that anymore. Mm. Could, you, could you be more,
0: have- could you be more, could you give me more detail? Okay. I so, know
1: well, let's go with jealousy. Oh, okay. There's a big one. There's a big juicy oh, one right me. there, right? My if favorite. I'm going to do it, girl, I'm from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> go big, go home. Okay. <laughs> Um, you know, like jealousy. And so it's like, you know, maybe, you know, like being somewhere near my husband or whatever would give me kind of a weird feeling. And for me, jealousy was linked to my lifeline because you remember sex was my currency and well, if that's my boyfriend, you're going to take my house if you take him. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was linked there. So I would experience these jealousy bouts where of course my husband's like, I have no idea really what you're even talking about at this moment. <laughs> you know, like I have no interest in her whatsoever. Um, but then like I'm saying, is like, you know, it's something I would struggle with. I would journal about, it, I'd pray about, it, I'd do all my work, I was working, working, working. And then something like over here would happen, like a bodybuilding competition. And I would place really well and all this up. And then it's almost like I would come back and that confidence that I built here would then completely minimize the struggle I was previously. Oh, that's interesting. Hmm.
0: Like the, you get distracted and then you come back and you realize how much you
1: changed. That's how source works for me.
0: Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I'll have to think about that. I don't know if that's it's happened like that for me before, but I think over time, then I look back and I'm like, Whoa. Okay. That was, so a great example would be, um, I learned growing up to get upset over every little thing. Okay. You know, my mom, it was very rare for her to be able to cook and not throw pots and pans. Ooh, so okay. like pots and, and not, she's not an angry individual. I think she, she, uh, her, 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 I guess, childhood was also really rough too. Um, but so I, I don't like to, cook. I mean, I don't like to cook. And I think that's, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason. And I'm very cognizant of when I slam pans or, you know, um, I remember here's a great, here's a great example. So, so that's, that's some back backstory. The night I got engaged to my husband, I went to go put the water in the coffee pots to program it for the next morning. And the water fell all over the floor. And I had a temper tantrum, like literally a grown mm-hmm. woman having a temperature. And this was not unlike me at that time, little things just set me off because that's just something I learned. Okay. Just get upset okay. and just get upset because why would this happen to me why does this always happen to me that programming Got it. and now I look back at that now and I'm so proud of myself for not getting upset when that happens now or when my child does something and there's a mess all over the place and I'm like whoops like instead of saying shit fuck what god damn it yep. now I now he sees me go uh-oh, right in a in a in a jovial wow. way, and it's such yeah. a a shift, and really there's nothing nothing. I always tell my patients this too, and my clients nothing is forever. Mm. Nothing has to be forever. This doesn't have to have the impact that you think it should have,
1: Ooh, either that one's right.
0: Good. So yes. so I guess that would be my example is, and I don't know, I think through therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, I started getting to that point where, okay, I don't have to be anxious every time things feel out of my control. Mm -hmm. And I think that was the greatest sense of permission. So I, I, you know, and then of course practice and practice and practice but it wasn't something I focused on. It was just little by little. And then I turn around now. I mean, when, when was that happening? That was even just like six years ago.
1: Okay.
0: And I'm like, wow. That's,
1: That's amazing. in a whole different person.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: I'm I'm, and I'm so happy I get to choose differently for myself. And that you have that option, right? To choose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, a, a minute ago, you were talking about, um, it doesn't have to be forever, right? Yes. The poem for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Are you familiar? No, 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 no. no. Game changer. So, okay. and, and I can't even tell you who it's, I, I can't even tell Here,
0: you who it is. I'm going to Google it so then we can read it. So, so we, we can yeah, like a shorter let's give poem. credit where credit's
1: due. Yeah. Well, so and I also want to a, read it. Okay. So, so it's I'll a reason, it a season, or a lifetime.
0: Reason, season, or a lifetime. Okay. Got it. So let me just read this because it's okay. I got it. This is worth reading, I think. Yeah. If I can.
1: This I'll was fart. a total oh. game changer for me.
0: Let's see if I can. Okay. So a reason, season, or lifetime. People come into your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. When you figure out which one it is, you will know what to do for each person. When someone is in your life for a reason, it is usually to meet a need you've expressed. They come to assist you through a difficulty to provide you with guidance and support to aid you physically, emotionally, or spiritually. They may seem like a godsend, and they are. They are there for the reason you need them to be. Then, without any wrongdoing on your part or any... Or at any inconvenient time, this person will say or do something to bring the relationship to an end. Sometimes they die. Sometimes they walk away. Sometimes they act up and force you to take a stand. What we must realize is that it, that our need has been met, our desire fulfilled, their work is done. The prayer you sent up has been answered, and now it is time to move on. Then people come in for into your life for a season because your turn has, has come to share, grow, and learn. They bring you an experience of peace or make you laugh. They may teach you something you've never done. They usually give you an unbelievable amount of joy. Believe it, it is real, but only for a season. Lifetime relationships teach you lifetime lessons, things you must build upon in order to have a solid emotional foundation. Your job is to accept the lesson, love the person, and put what you have learned to use in all the other relationships and areas in your life. It is said that love is blind, but friendship is clairvoyant. That's awesome. And hold on, let's just talk about this for a second, because I feel like, especially with the lifetime relationships, when you're thinking about that, usually it's, um, you, you know, your parents, it's mm-hmm. the people you were born into or the, your partners, right? Your yeah. mar- your, the per- their, your your spouse yeah. and how often are, and I, and I, I don't know everybody's relationship. I don't know what it looks like. Um, but divorce is so high now. Yeah. I, and it's, and it's because I'm wondering how much of it is because it's those lifetime lessons that we just, it's easier to resist than to acknowledge that our uh. partner is actually a mirror of the things we want to change
1: mm-hmm. and vice versa, mm-hmm. right?
0: And instead of yeah. taking like that that and putting it in, in between you, it's this defense mechanism bet- between the two of you that, or def- I shouldn't say defense mechanism, it's this defense bouncing that mm-hmm. occurs. Um, mm-hmm. And then it's like, we're not compatible. Whereas yeah. if you said, well, and of course, if you're in an abusive relationship, if you're at risk, if they're not, they're not respectful of you, that's one thing. And, yeah. and I don't know everybody's situation, but I'm curious to know. And I don't know if I'll, I probably won't ever know that answer. How, if how many people took that like, and I believe all of that, I wholeheartedly believe that whole poem. If we decided to say, yeah, I pick them for a reason these are lifetime lessons because I don't know anybody who said marriage is easy. Mm. My friends, my friend, um, she was on this podcast. She, she had, and she goes, you know what? Next time I'm a matron of honor, I've promised myself to get up and say marriage is fucking hard. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not going to do any rainbows and puppies because <laughs> It's just real. And, and but it's true, right? I think mean, that's mm-hmm. that's why we agreed to be in partnership. Um and, and yeah, I, I wonder just taking that that perspective of it's supposed to be hard. Mm-hmm. I agree to this, both in this lifetime and i always believe mm-hmm. that we signed a contract before we even get here Of the people oh that yes 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 and these are the big life lessons so it's worth staying as long as of course my safety is not in question yeah. and that you know that thing yes. thank you for sharing that i'm so glad i i got to yeah. read that it's profound you're
1: welcome you're welcome you know the beginning part of that that one cuz for me it was devastating mm-hmm. when people would come into my life mm-hmm. connect i would feel the warmth the love mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. things i was seeking and then they would just go away and i'd be left there that little 6-year-old going what did i do wrong yeah and so when i read this poem i was like oh this makes sense you know yeah. cuz i too believe you know that i've come into this lifetime you know with these certain goals these certain seeks of you know attributes that i'm going to obtain and and you know resilience is obviously on my top 5 i mean like yeah but but you know to actually again kind of understand the big picture and then that also gave me that 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 fluidity to know that when one leaves, it's like love. you never you never take it away. when you mm-hmm. when you give love, you don't lose love. It's yes. it, you actually gain it. So mm-hmm. when somebody goes away, that means it's going to be refilled, correct, right. But mm-hmm. that takes trust and patience to have and also have that that perception. That this is really what's happening. So, yeah, it was very powerful when I first read that poem.
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely, um, and and I I can I can relate to that. I, I, I even still I can feel myself think of friends that I was close with, and you know remember upon them fi- fondly. And there's a part of me, and it probably is that little girl that feels responsible for keeping that relationship alive. And then the grown up me says, no, it's served its purpose. You can wish her well from afar and she'll feel it. Yeah. Right. And I think I'm currently experiencing that now it's been, oh gosh, oh, it's been I know, eight, eight years since I've graduated college. And I had the best set of friends, guys, girls, we were all on the same floor freshman year. The boys Ooh. got in trouble. We just <laughs> laughed at it, you know, and and we, were, we would go, even if we lived in different buildings the following years, we always went to lunch together, or dinner together. We always got, you know, we all went to each other's weddings, you know, just this, uh. this really tight bond. But now I'm noticing, especially with with the guys, I have I'm noticing it within me currently that I I feel this responsibility to keep everybody together. And I remember that Mm -hmm. being the case before COVID, I was trying to plan a get together for everyone because everybody's done getting married now and we're all having our families. And and so now we're all having our separate lives and we live in different places around New York state. So it's kind Mm -hmm. of challenging to, and there's that grown up me that steps in and says, no, this season, the season is coming to an end too. You know, and yeah. there's there's some my girlfriends. Yeah. We're still really close, but mm-hmm. it's it's still that okay. You know, things are shifting, and and that's okay.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a yeah. that's a beautiful share. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I under, I can appreciate the that that feeling. And desperation is a heavy word, but the desperation mm-hmm. to oh, I can't lose this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think for me, it's not so much desperation, but it, it's more, it feels like a responsibility.
1: Yeah. Okay. You know, like you can't I can't
0: yeah. Like I, I'm responsible for being the glue, ah, you know, it's my responsibility right. to reach out. It's my responsibility to plan. And I don't know where I can't, I can, I'll be honest. I don't know where that comes from, but I, it, I always tell my clients and patients that sometimes we don't need to know the, why we no. just need to do the, how and yeah, recognize right. that it's not aligned and go to the how, you know, you don't need to know yeah. why you develop diabetes so early on, Yeah, but you need to know how to address it with lifestyle change. Same
1: sort of thing. Yep. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Cause all will we be revealed sooner? You know, yeah. for me, I find that things reveal themselves, Correct. you know, sometimes I can journal down into it. Like, you know, right? If, you know, I can, I can get to the core. Um, mm-hmm. And then some days I'm still floating on the top right? Like I can't figure out where, what the truth is yet, but it always surfaces and it's not as devastating as I always think it is. No,
0: no. And, and (laughs) in fact, when you let it surface itself, a lot of times it's far less devastating. And it's, it's usually attached with some sense of freedom as well. It's this epiphany and shift in perspective. That's really quite beautiful. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Jules, this has been such an amazing conversation. I love where it has taken us.
1: Totally. You're,
0: tell us more about your book, where uh, we can get it. And also maybe, um, where people can tap into you if they want to be more in your energy.
1: Yes. Well, first off, I was fortunate enough. I, I have this, I call it like the mothership, <laughs> the website, the making of a mothership. <laughs> The mothership. Can I steal that? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so this is where you are going to find everything. Like, there's, you know, my bios in there. There's various events that I've, you know, that we're holding, um, a podcast that I've been able to be guests on. Of course, where mm-hmm. to buy the book. All of my social media channels are on there. It is the <laughs> the mothership, um, and I do blogging in there from time to time as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so you no, know, because some the, the whole thing for me now at this stage is is sharing, like you said, that stickiness. Yeah. Share my stickiness. So so you can kind of get some move, some momentum. Right. And so um, and also on the social media, like all those channels on there, you know, a lot of people have people like PR work or people doing that. That's one entity that I'm, I handle that. Wow. So if someone were to send me a message, you know, mm-hmm. I've set up calls with some of the people who've read my book and, you know, we've done some, you know, kind of what we're doing right now, like, what's, yeah. you know, and I can throw in some questions and they'll be like, oh, great idea or mm-hmm. yeah I've met some amazing women actually and men mm-hmm. whether you know saying that's why my wife does that it's like yeah, yeah. baby yeah. yeah so yes anyway the mothership go to the mothership um, the making of a woman.com <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love that.
0: It's so true too. It feels like that it's the work of a mothership as well. I don't know if if you handle your own website, but it's like, geez, it's it's a it's a marriage in of itself. It
1: is. It's, it's a lot.
0: It. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't contribute to your finances. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, Jules, again, thank you for being here. For being Absolutely. you. For sharing your story so vulnerably and articulately. Mm-hmm. So then we can all really what do I want to say springboard from it yeah. so thank you thank you thank you
1: you're so welcome and I appreciate the platform you've provided <sighs> because I promise the springboard is a perfect a perfect vision because mm-hmm. that's exactly what it is you, the, it, it's totally possible it's just baby steps a lot of baby steps just don't stop just don't stop don't stop baby <laughs>